Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is episode five of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I am John. We have George. Hey, how's it going? And Mo is on the line, too. Hey, everybody. So we have a uh, lot of stuff lined up for the show today. But as always, we would like to start with some listener email that we got. Some folks wrote into the podcast. Wow. That's pretty cool. Okay, Mo, why don't you take this first piece of listener email? Oh, sure. So this one's from Michael, and he asked us, how did you all meet and decide to start Gen X Grown Up? A question near and dear to my heart. <laughs> I began the whole thing maybe three or four months ago. It uh, it all kind of riffed off of, uh, there were some buddies over playing cards. And one of the guys who was a regular playing poker with us, he was looking around at all the, just the nerdy stuff that I've hanging on the walls and stuff in my man cave. And uh, he was asking me, have you ever considered what it'd be like if the 12 year old you traveled in time to visit your house today? How blown away he would be? That's great. I remember and that. I'm like, yeah, that, that's a good point. That really resonated with me. That 12 year old kid in me is a niche audience. I wanted to start creating content that was for people like me who grew up in the 70s and 80s, but they didn't stop loving that stuff. I started it and probably within creating two or three videos of it, uh, George, I texted him and said, hey, you should check this out. And what was your reaction, George? The first text I remember getting from you was that you were creating a YouTube channel and I was standing in an autograph line at Megacon Orlando. What do we want to do a YouTube channel for? That's for like young people. That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. I said, all right, what's the name of the YouTube channel? And you texted back Gen X Grown Up. And I almost dropped my phone because I was just completely shocked at how great that name was and how much I thought you could do with that name. Just the ideas that started rushing through my head right away. One long after that, we uh, we got together and went to Atlanta, a video game convention. And on that drive, we were riffing on all the different things that we can do. Right, yep. And Mo and I, we've known each other for... I don't know, over a decade now. Yeah. And we were already working together, uh, collaborating movie reviews. Yep. And then it also, you know, I was feeling totally left out. So I figured, you know, hey, <laughs> I need to get involved in this. <laughs> when you pitch the idea to me too, it's like, that's that's us, right? It is. Yeah, it's us. So I'm like, what could yep. be easier than talking about the stuff we were already doing? It's become my number one full-time hobby. Part of it's because I love the content we're creating. And part of it is because... You know, I'm doing it with you guys because you're my friends who I would hang out and do crap with anyway. And the rest is history. Okay, we have a second email. So this second email is from Mr. Slowmo. Uh, Mr. Slowmo says, Howdy, I'm a faithful Gen X grown-up podcast listener. Thank you. And Yay. I have a suggestion for some time in the future. I'm a bit of a Back to the Future fan. Oh. And once upon a time, a bit of a comic book fan too. And this evening, he stumbled upon this link that he sent us about a new comic book that will explain some um, holes in the Back to the Future mythology. He says, I know that George guy is a comic book fan, so I thought y'all might like it too. He says, I know it's not a drone, but maybe George could review it. <laughs> drone King! Funny. And he says, that Mo fella seems to have a knack for reviewing movies, so maybe he could do some kind of Back to the Future segment. You know what? I would totally love to do Back to the Future is one of my greatest trilogy of movies ever. So it sounds like Mr. Slobo is all about Back to the Future. He's got a comic book suggestion. George might want to take a look at the comic. Mo want to take a look at the videos. And I think Back to the Future is absolutely right in our wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. So thanks for writing in, Mr. Slobo. I think you've added a couple of new bullet points to our production list. Absolutely. And finally, before we get into the meat of the podcast, I just want to mention Gen X Grown Up has partnered with Geeks Worldwide. And you can check them out at 
thegww.com. The focus of the groups that affiliate with GWW tend to be the same kind of folks as us. You know, they're into comics and games and entertainment, and hell, that's the stuff that we do. Yeah, they've been very helpful. I mean, getting to meet some of the people who create the comic books, and it's going to be a lot of fun to move forward with them. I mean, so it's a it's a partnership that's just kind of just beginning, but seems really great, and I look forward to moving forward with them. Which of these leading soft drinks gives you nutrition with vitamin A? You. Vitamin B2? Yoo-hoo. Vitamin C? Yoo-hoo. Vitamin D? Yoo-hoo. Now, this week, I've been watching an awful lot of television and a few films. Uh, has this anybody week? else out there <laughs> been watching anything? Yeah, this week. I mean, well... You know, I don't want to go about Unlike past last weeks, week's, the week but, before. You know, every week, I guess, right? Yeah. The first thing I wanted to mention is just a quick update. We talked about the Orville oh, uh, yeah. a couple of times. We talked about it in previous ones. Uh, and the fact that uh, I initially thought before it aired, it was just going to be, you know, kind of, you know, family guy in space and kind of raunchy humor and yeah. dumb stuff. <laughs> and it's really stunned me. It just keeps getting better. They've kind of pared down on the... The jarring, you know, dick joke kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. yeah, they kind of paired back on that, and it's gotten more and more like a really good science fiction show. Yeah, absolutely. It's a morality play, and there's mystery, and there's drama, and there's a good amount of humor too. I think. Yeah, and the humor actually makes the characters. It's causing them to merge together as like real people that are friends quicker than it would if there wasn't that humor, I think. Oh, yeah, like the ripping on each other and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like Star Trek with a sarcastic undertone. It really is. Yeah. Which is exactly like us. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I think I like, I really like how they're kind of even tackling some of the social issues that are going on, but indirectly. Yeah. Like, that was the big thing with Star Trek, right? They always try to tackle these social issues sort of indirectly. Surprising, surprising. And, you know, and my number one fear for the show now is not will it get good, because it's getting better and better. Right now, I'm fearful of what Fox is going to do to hobble this poor little show. If they're going to firefly it, you mean? <sighs> well, the good thing is Seth MacFarlane, though, since he's the producer and star, and Fox owes him a lot. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. he'll keep it maybe under control. Maybe he'll have some, some sway. Yeah, that would be good. It's not like he's Joss Whedon or anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, E, hey, too soon. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you didn't get a chance to see, if you're listening to this, and if you're interested in the Orville at all, just a couple of days ago, on Tuesday... Uh, I posted a walk and talk where I compare and contrast Star Trek Discovery and the Orville and talk about how both of them kind of missed our expectations. They're Neither of them are exactly what we expected for different reasons. So if you haven't seen that, I will put a link to it in the show notes down below. Uh, I would love you to go and check it out. There was uh, something you were telling me about that you had started watching, George. What was that? I started watching a TV show called The Gifted. What this show's premise is, there's a guy who it's his job to help prosecute mutants for the government when they're captured and they've done something wrong. His children develop mutant powers. And so they have to go on the run as part of the mutant underground. It really has a lot of heart in this TV show. This is what the Inhumans could have been, but hmm. nobody even heard about the show really because everybody was, oh, Marvel the Inhumans, Marvel the Inhumans, and, you know, and Daredevil and all these other shows on Netflix and everything else. Nobody really talked a lot about The Gifted. Yeah, but I mean, think about it though. On the network side though, was it, it's on ABC, right? The Inhumans? Yeah. And so they were pushing it like crazy. Right. They did. And it was, you know, it just flopped. But The Gifted, I'm telling you, I, I'm glad I found this show. It may be my f- most favorite new comic book show, drama, whatever. I don't know what the genre is, but it's really good. Now, I know it has a, it has a sort of a link to the X-Men, right? It is, it's related to the X-Men. Yeah, in, in they're a way. mutants, I think, right? Yeah, they're mutants. So there's a cool, subtle nod to the X-Men in that uh, I noticed all of the episode titles have a capital X in them somewhere. Yes, 
Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's just it's subtle, it's small, but you know, it's kind of cute. Yeah, they there's a there's a lot of really smart people working on this show it seems. The one thing with these uh superhero shows, it seems like the good ones, it's almost like the fact that it's superpowers is almost secondary. <sighs> it's it's Joss Whedon 101. Yeah. It's about the characters. It's not about the powers. All right, Mo, I know there's one that you want to talk about. You've been itching. Oh boy. You won't shut up about it. Oh, let me tell you. I'm, I'm shivering right now. Uh, <laughs> so we, we finally got to see Blade Runner 2049. Oh, uh, shut I, know, up. I saw it. Mo, did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. George? George, did you see it? <laughs> no. Wait a minute. George hasn't seen the new Blade Runner? No. Isn't he the one that gives me so much shit for not seeing the first one, and now he hasn't seen the second one? Well, I am saddled with friends who no longer want to do anything with me and oh, decided to God. move two and a half hours away so that they won't have to. Oh, oh where's my violin? Yeah. <laughs> You know, we don't want to give away anything about the movie um, because it just came out. And I know a lot of people haven't had the opportunity to see it. Even George, right? Yeah, 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 people that aren't true fans have not seen it yet. Yeah. Wow. Let's not, not spoil it for them. I was just going to say that I was very impressed. I thought the pacing was a little slow. You know, it's a movie that keeps you thinking afterwards, I think, which is a good sign. Um, and I think, you know, after mulling it over for a while, I, I think it's a worthy sequel to the first Blade Runner. Well, I know that you had a great article that you wrote as a spoiler-free oh, review you. Um, that I got yes, to read yeah. since I didn't get to go to the movie. <laughs> and the article actually was really nice. It kind of prepared me a little bit for the film because I've purposefully stayed away from trailers and images yeah, and things like that so that call. I wouldn't spoil it for myself. Sure. I know, Mo, you were very concerned about overuse of Harrison Ford. Right. You know, which, kind of leaning on him. But it was perfect, I thought. He was in the movie He doesn't show up until the third act. Yeah. It, was, it just fit perfectly, the story. Was he contrived? Ultimately, the... Uh, detective has to seek out Deckard because he is the next logical step in an investigation. Right. Not wow. because of random coincidence. And it, so it's yeah. not like a big leap in his investigative thought either. No, it's no, like, no, no. It's, it's flowing very, right natural. It. Very logical. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, so good. the only, my big advice though to anybody who hasn't seen it is don't wait to see it on TV. See it in the theater. Yeah. It's well worthwhile. Yeah. Good absolutely. Stuff. Thumbs up. Yep. Yeah. And you can check out Mo's article if you just head over to genxgrownup.com and search for Blade Runner. Thursday. Let's see what's cooking on TV. It's a belly full of laughs with Bugs Bunny's Thanksgiving Diet Special. Okay, guys, let's talk about any cool toys and stuff that we've seen this last couple weeks. Yeah, right on the heels of Blade Runner we were just talking about. When we went to the theater, I had never come across these things before. Have you heard of these D-Box theater seats? No. What's... What, what do you sit in this like a clear plastic cube or something? <laughs> no, 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 no. Just like we've talked about gadgets that you 100% don't need, but you 110% want anyway. This is like a technology that nobody asked for. It's nobody. super gimmicky. And I can't wait to try it. <laughs> okay. In the lobby, they had an example of these D-Box theater seats. Now, they've already started ramping up like the theater experience, right, where you uh, you reserve seating and recliners and extra, you know, space and kick your feet up and stuff, because you're trying to pull people in the theater, right? Right. The first thing I thought of when I saw this D-Box thing was the Kentucky Fried movie scene with the sense around. Sense around. The guy stood behind it. you and was like smacking you and pouring water in your lap and stuff. So what, it's like a 4D experience thing or something? It's like a roller coaster seat. Oh, like those virtual reality things? It has vibration, It's it leans 
leans left and right. Like if somebody's thrown into a wall on the left, the seat throws to the left. If uh, somebody's going up a ramp, it leans back. It's like one of those little uh, virtual roller coasters, but the screen is a roller coaster. It's not as jar. I think it's a lot subtler. Yeah, it's not as exaggerated as like a roller coaster is. I would say it leans maybe maybe five degrees left front back and right just enough to notice and then it has that rumble in it yeah but essentially every seat in a theater can be equipped with these d-box seats of course you're gonna pay a premium and yeah i don't care it's a gadget i want to try anyway <laughs> I'm <gonna> try it. <laughs> probably gonna shake my soda up or something but the point is that Uh-oh. it's this new experience yeah because i see <laughs> in my head i see popcorn flying everywhere at this point <laughs> Lisa, it's, not, it's not like that jarring at least the impression I got. Yep. You know, it's, it definitely seemed like yeah. it, was, it was just enough to give you the feel without kind of distracting from the movie, I guess is probably its point. Yeah, it looked really interesting. And I can't wait to try it out. Uh, yeah. Mo, you were telling me about something that uh, yeah. I know last time when you were at work, you were forced to try out the new the Oculus. Oculus Rift. Yes, it was Now tough. they forced you to try out a new technology. Yeah, it's called the Microsoft HoloLens, which I honestly had never heard of before. I don't know if you guys have heard of it at all. I, I've heard the name. I, I heard the don't name. remember yeah, what it looks like. So it's but... not out for mass market. Matter of fact, they're only selling it for developers right now. It's it's not a virtual reality. It's more of like that augmented reality where you can still okay. see your surroundings and it just projects onto it. It's like a minority report sort of a thing? A very minority report-ish. So you actually oh, can okay. take your different right. desktops and you can move them on the wall with your hands. And when I first put it on, I thought it was kind of cool because it tells you, okay, look around the room and it looks around the room and it maps it for you. So it knows where all the surfaces are. Okay, so that's that connect technology. Right. And then you can look at a wall and you open your desktop and you can use your hand, move your desktop to a certain place in the wall. And then from there, it just totally just sort of sucked. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. What? Conceptually, I thought it was kind of cool, but it's a long way from being ready to market, in my opinion. Hmm. Do you think its shortcomings are designed, or do you think because it's a first iteration not really released yet? Um, I think or... it's a combination, because one is like the, the gesture thing didn't quite work. Hmm. Like the lining up like where your finger was versus where the screen you know, you had to kind of play yeah. with it a little bit. You know, for me, all the AR and VR that I've seen so far, it just it, it feels so gimmicky still. In order for it to really take off, it's got to be almost effortless. Yeah. Like you said, like your finger doesn't quite line up. If I have to work extra hard, listen, we have a solution for that now. It's called a mouse. Exactly. It works perfectly. If the technology puts an extra barrier between me and what I'm trying to do, it isn't improving anything just because it's 3D or it's bolted to my head. Yeah, right. exactly. It's, it's, it's got it. to be effortless and, and make something I'm doing better, not make it more convoluted. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's probably a beta still, and maybe yeah. after a couple more iterations, they'll improve on it. But right now, it's definitely still a long way to go because we have gotten uh, we talked about at the beginning of the show you know so involved in uh, GXG being our hobby some of the tech toys that we've started to pick up have been tech toys we never expected in the past like lighting rigs and stuff yeah and uh, George you've been uh, hyped on something that you just picked up recently right so I picked up a new microphone one of the things that I've been struggling with is trying to get a good decent microphone so that you know it doesn't sound like crap and everything and I did a lot of research I watched a lot of YouTube videos and listened to a lot of podcasts and for the price range that I was willing to spend, one of the better devices out there is a microphone called the Blue Yeti. I know the Blue Company. Yeah, yep. I have one of their Snowball mics. It's yep. the same company, right? This is just, like okay. so if the Snowball is the entry-level microphone, maybe, then the Blue Yeti uh-huh. is the next step up. Oh, okay. nice. 
So what kind of mic is it? It kind of looks like the old news, Walter Cronkite news microphone on his desk type of thing. Like it, like in our logo, our podcast logo? Yeah, a little bit like that, but it's more <laughs> rounded, not quite as angular. It has a lot of nice features on it. It's got an input for your headphones, so you can actually listen to yourself in real time as you're talking through the microphone and hear how nice. you sound a, through the nice. microphone. That's a nice extra. Yeah, a nice yeah extra. I like that. Uh, It's got a mute button, of course, dials to tighten the angle and everything. Two of the biggest things that it has is the four different recording patterns, which I knew nothing about until I started researching. (laughs) I know nothing about that either right now. Yeah. So there's cardioid, which is basically the microphone, wherever its front is pointing, it's that one person record. And that's the Mm -hmm. most common. Then there's omnidirectional, which is just what it sounds like. That's all the way around. And then there are two other modes. Uh, one's called bidirectional, and the other one I think is called interview or something along those lines. But basically, that's like somebody in front or in back of the microphone is one of oh, them. Wow. And then to the left that's or to the right cool. of the microphone is the other one. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, wow. And it's just okay. a little selector switch, so it's hard-coded into the device. You don't have to do that in software. It's hard-coded in, so you select mm-hmm. on the microphone itself. The other part is a manual gain knob on the microphone, which I found nice. That's nice. Hardware gain. Yeah, Yeah. a hardware gain. So (laughs) my only gripe, but not really a gripe, is that those two um, dials are on the, what is essentially the back of the microphone. So if you're in cardioid mode, the front of the microphone has the mute button and a volume knob for the headphone setting. The back of the microphone is where the gain and uh, mode selectors are. So I, I guess they assume you're not going to change that stuff mid-recording, right. so it's not facing you. Yeah, so, right. so, yeah that makes sense. I'm going to have to check that out. I'm going to put a link to that thing down in the show notes down below. And yeah, definitely. definitely. I'm going to click on it myself and go look yeah, at it. Yeah, me too. And, uh, <laughs> anybody listening is interested. And there's a lot of accessories for it as well. There's boom poles and um, shock mounts and pop filters specifically oh, sure. designed yeah, for it. Course. And okay. they're all higher quality than some of the cheaper ones that you would get for, you know, like the $20 microphone. So I was really nice. impressed right. with the Blue Yeti. Well, cool. well, thanks again for costing me some money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just what I needed. <laughs> Power Wheels, classic convertible Raider and High Rider all run on rechargeable batteries, each sold separately. I've been playing the same Oxenfree game for the last couple of weeks <laughs> that we talked about in the last podcast. Um, yeah. I'm guessing How's that, that you guys so enjoy have, it? I, I am. I actually was able to finish it. Oh, good. But I'm sure you guys have, because you guys were playing Oxenfree before. What are you guys playing now? Well, actually, it's funny because I'm not playing something new. I'm sort of on Steam. They have a big sale on all their Lego games. Oh, like the Lego Batman, Lego yep. Star Wars. And okay. I found oh, sure. one that I actually yeah. haven't played. <laughs> so I uh, <laughs> I picked it up for all of $4 or whatever it was. Yeah. So which one had you not played? Uh, the Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. nice. Okay. I didn't even realize they had that one. Now, I played the living hell out of those for a long time. Though. Yeah. I, um, I played it like the first few of them. I think the first couple were like the Star Wars one. And I loved them a ton. And they started to get so, so samey. So more of the same, more of the same. And I kind of burned yeah. out on them. Yeah, I totally get that. It's, Did uh, you find something new in this one? That I mean, uh, I guess it was... Uh, fresh I yeah, because I haven't played one of these things in probably a couple of years. I mean, really, you know, because okay. like you, I was kind of sort of burned out on them. I don't know, there's something just very compelling. I mean, they're very simple games. Oh, they are. They're you feel very mind. silly because you know that, you know, probably a nine-year-old will play as well as you. <laughs> Better. <laughs> 
but you know, but they do a good job of just it's just they're just fun and they're mindless, which there's a place in the they world are, for that. There's good humor in it. It's they're not difficult. No, it gives you that shot of dopamine when you uh, unlock something or the coins all explode. It's like when your uh, your phone game rewards you after you pay ninety nine cents. You know, you get that <laughs> rush of like ooh shiny things. You know, right. they are fun and rewarding in that way. So Legos are pretty. They're a little dated. They're kind of been out there for a while. But John, I know you've been playing some stuff that's been out there for a really long oh, time. I can beat that. <laughs> yep. I've been replaying a bunch of Pac-Man. Wait, wait, wait for it. On the Atari 2600. Nice. Oh. Really? Wow. That. Why would I punish myself by playing that version of Pac-Man, you ask? What is that? Yeah, that's I, like I, let me ask. John, why would like you that? punish yourself to play that version of Pac-Man? That's a great question, Mo. I'm glad you asked me. <laughs> I was putting together a replays for uh, the YouTube channel. I'll put a link to the video down below. I think it comes out in just a couple of days after this podcast goes live. We've been doing replays. I know George, you did Yars Revenge. I did Superman. Mm -hmm. We have several more in the pipeline. Yeah. But the thing that made me want to do these replays in the first place wasn't to just play the game. It was to remember what it was about the game that we enjoyed. And Pac-Man was... A great thing I remember, but not because it was a great game, but because of kind of its legacy. Yeah, because I remember so, the, the port wasn't amazing, right? It was bad. Okay. It was bad. <laughs> I was trying to yeah. be kind, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you could say it. It was bad. It really was. And I talk about in the video, I elaborate on the fact that it suffered from too many compromises. You know, there are lots of little things like, well, we won't do fruit. He'll just eat a box. Okay. Well, he won't look up and down. He'll just look left and right. Well, the ghosts won't be the right colors. They'll all be the same color. Well, they're not dots. They're wafers. It's just so many things. So is it still Pac-Man after all that? Exactly. I would argue it's not even Pac-Man anymore. But the point of the video is there's a legacy of Pac-Man on that console. Just a couple of years later, they did Miss Pac-Man that right. got a lot more right. Miss Pac-Man was pretty good. I like that one. It was, yeah. A couple of years after that, they did Junior Pac-Man that made that even better. And then just a few years ago, there was a guy who wrote a new version of Pac-Man in the same four kilobyte restriction. Really? Mind-blowing. Wait, really? wait, that you can play on an Atari 2600? Uh, it, they sell it on a real cartridge for 25 no. bucks. Yeah, it works on the original hardware. And the both amazing and just crippling thing to know is that this could have been the version of Pac-Man we got in 1981 on our console. Now I have to go buy an Atari 2600. You've got to check out the video. It's amazing what this guy was able to do. I wow. go from the original Pac-Man through the better ones up into this homebrew that came out a couple of years ago. It's eye-opening and mind-blowing at the same time to say, here's what they did back then and we accepted that as fine. Look what it could have been. It sounds like that was a labor of love for somebody. Absolutely. It's not just aesthetics. Like he got a lot of like the ghost AI, the rules that they follow, they go to their corners, all those things. None of that was in the one Atari put out in 8081. Are the warp tunnels in the right place? They are. Everything is right. Wow. If you're a Pac-Man fan at all, and everyone listening to this should be, Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it's worth checking out, if nothing more than just to see how far people have progressed because they're still writing on that same old hardware to see just how far they can stretch it. A double pleasure's waiting for you. A double pleasure from double miscom. A double great feeling making you realize double is the one for you. Before we wrap up the show, we always like to talk about what things we're looking forward to that will happen between now and in two weeks from now when another full episode happens. I have to thank George for this and Comic Sans. I was a big comic book reader when I was younger. Um, kind of got back into it here and there, you know, every now and then. And then after the last episode and your recommendation, so when you like recommended Old Guard, 
I downloaded. I just binge read through all of them because it, it was freaking amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It's it's a good. It was book an amazing so far. scene. But while I was doing that, dude, the third series of the Mage comic books, he had actually oh, started producing okay. it. So I was right. like, <gasps> and so a little backstory on this is that this is a comic book that came out in 1984. He had recently planned to have three, I guess you call them series of like 12 or 13 issues each. Right. Which is a, like, yeah, different they were phase. limited series at that time yep. was what they were calling them. Between the first and second from 84, so the second series didn't come out until 1997. Wow. The third series, now we're talking 2017. So you're talking 20 years. And the story was is just freaking amazing. And so, you know, when I saw this one, I just totally geeked out. And they have three episodes are out now, or three issues. Um, I pre-ordered all the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. Just totally looking forward to that next episode to come out. Nice. So speaking of Comic Sans, that's one of the things that's now on my list for something I'm looking forward to that's going to come out in, uh, about a week after this podcast comes out. And I bring it up not just to uh, shamelessly plug a video on our YouTube channel, but George, he is the resident comics expert amongst us. He's the well, guy who's most into comic books. I'll, I'll say comic fan. I'm, sure. I'm no okay, expert, no. but... Well, amongst the three of us, you're the expert, so you, you get it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, so this is his show. He's the co-host of the show. It's his show. I do the editing. We all have common interests, but we also have specific interests that don't overlap with all of us. And comics was kind of, I, I have comic books that I have read in the past, but I wasn't like amped about Comic Sans. I was just enjoying it as a piece of content. Yeah. Well, when I, after I edited it, this is actually a comic book show for people like me who just peripherally might have been interested in comics, but they're not experts. Because the tack, George, that you're taking is really cool. You're taking us along the journey of someone who is getting back into comics. This is not talking to experts. You're talking to people that want to learn more. I'm so happy that you found it that way and that you that you got what I was trying to do. I mean, it was I loved comic books in that same area that Mo was talking about with the Mage in the early to mid '80s. I was uh-huh. super huge into them, and being a kid growing up, I was super into them. But then. As I got into high school, you know, you start to have other interests and, you know, comic books feel babyish, you know, at that age and stuff. So I started to get that itch again, I guess. And now that <laughs> I'm older and have money, as long as my wife allows me to have money, um, <laughs> yeah. I I said, well, I'm going to start trying to maybe refill some of my older collections. You know, like I would have issues one through five, but miss issue six. So let me see if I can find issue six of this book. And let me see if I can find issue 12. But that started to get me into comic books more. So Comic Sans kind of was born out of that obsessive desperation, I guess, to understand what's going on in comics now because yeah, yeah. it is a whole different world than it was in the mid-80s. Yeah, after watching Comic Sans, it, it sucked me back into that world again, which is pretty awesome. That's what I was hoping to do with Comic Sans. I was hoping that there would be something, maybe some little tidbit in there that someone would say, find and say, okay, well, let me take a look at this and then find something new that they could love. Well, you've succeeded. You, you've, you've reached the audience you attended and then some. So, well, then I don't have job. to do any more episodes then. So no, 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 no. I am looking forward to the next episode. Don't pull a fire which, uh, Come on. We'll release on our YouTube channel on October 21st, yep, which is yep. just about a week from now. I'll get a sneak peek because I have to edit it, but everyone yeah. else can see it <laughs> you will. on October 21st. Yeah. A woman pretending to be a man pretending to be a woman? It's Blake Edwards' star-studded smash comedy, Victor Victoria, with James Garner and Julie Andrews tonight. <laughs> Wow, guys. I mean, we talked about an awful lot of stuff today that I didn't even realize we were going to talk about. I'm assuming (laughs) that in this world of internets, there's probably a bunch of ways that we can help people find the stuff we talked about through some link clickable things or something. Yeah. So how about in the show notes? Can we put those in the show notes? Is that something we, sure we can will. do? 
I, I, I wasn't sure. You know, we're, we're just still figuring all this stuff out. So anything we talked about, we're going to put some links down in the show notes for you guys. Cool. And also, hey, I mean, if you listen this far, you must have liked this podcast. So be sure to subscribe to us on however you listen to us, whether it's Pocket Cast, Stitcher, or iTunes. Yeah. And speaking of iTunes, hey, if you listen with iTunes, or hey, even if you don't listen with iTunes, create an account, log in, because it would help us a lot if you would go in there and give us five stars and give us a quick review, because that brings us up in the ratings. It helps other people to find the podcast and if you enjoyed this at all tell a friend who doesn't know about the podcast or maybe they don't know about podcasts at all pick up their phone get the app subscribe to this podcast and show them if you're their friend they're probably going to enjoy it too and for that fourth listener who keeps writing us emails keep sending us some new emails um, at podcast at genxgrownup.com so we can talk about the topics and the emails on our next one. Hey, and also don't forget to visit us on YouTube or on our site at genxgrownup.com. Hey, thanks for taking the time to get together, guys. Always have a great time talking with you. Absolutely. Hell yeah, always fun. So we will have a new episode in two weeks, and in one week we will have a backtrack. The topic of the backtrack this time, rotary phones. Oh. Rotary phones? Wow, okay. <laughs> All right. Talk to you guys next time. All right. Take care. See you guys later. Bye-bye. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? No games, no puns. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks Assemble! My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.